Hello and welcome to Makers Dev episode number fifty. This is a little bit of a weird episode. This, uh, on paper, was going to be our interview with Michelle Hansen, and it still is. But we had some <laughs> very amusing technical difficulties <laughs> where her video kept dropping out, but she could still hear us, so she would drop out, and then we'd start talking about her, and then she'd come back in and be like, "I just heard you guys talking about this interview that we're currently doing." Uh, so I don't know what the what the status of that video is going to be yet, but we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, piece that together. So in the meantime, just so we uh, are sure that we have an episode talking about deploy empathy, uh, Chris, what are your what are your thoughts on deploy empathy and the conversation we just had with Michelle? Yeah, so I think it's a book that we need um, because we, uh, <laughs> like you mentioned in the episode, we are great at building and maybe not so great at you know getting it in front of people in a way that gives us good feedback about what they want. Um, and so, yeah, I think the mom test is another book that comes to mind, which is uh, similar, but, but different, uh, deploy empathy is, is longer. It has, I think more tactics. Um, I think it is, uh, yeah, I think it's a great book for especially, uh, the type of developers and business people that we are. Yeah. I, I mentioned this in the interview too, uh, which may or may not be at the end of that, <laughs> what we're currently talking about, but like, man, it's like, this is the core thing that I feel like neither of us are good at of routinely talking to customers and, and getting the the information from them of like what they actually want and you know it's the thing that I'm tempted to do is call someone up and be like hey tell me what to build <laughs> what are the features you think I should make and one of her points in the book is like that's the wrong question to ask like that, that you're requesting so much of them to, to require that they have the self-awareness and the and the vulnerability to be able to actually answer a question like that so instead here are the tactics you can do and you know, here, here are the routines that you can get in and the systems you can have in place so that you're regularly doing these interviews. And uh, man, like that's that that seems like the core difference between a lot of what we're doing, just kind of messing around, building fun software and like <laughs> learning about, you know, machine learning and AR and VR and uh, and what Michelle is doing, which is running a million dollar business. Like, my gosh, that like... I feel like if I made Michelle the CEO of any one of the projects that I'm doing right now, she would be able to like get people on the phone, figure out what the core problem is and, and how they would express it in their own words of what they need. And she could come to me and be like, hey, you need to write these landing pages. You need to uh, you know, build these features and, and make this particular thing a little bit easier. And just in that slight course correction of like, it's all the same technical skills. You're just doing it in, the, in a different way. You're just pointed in this direction instead of this direction. Like, man, anything I'm doing, I feel like would, would just explode and would start resonating with people so much uh, more deeply of actually solving their problems. It's man, it's, I, I feel like this book is going to make me a lot of money and also make me a better person and a better listener. Yeah. I mean, and in some ways, like, like we know that about ourselves and like there's several ways you can solve it one is like get a non-technical co-founder um one is get a technical co-founder who's just better at talking to people one is you know uh i mean, I mean there's lots of ways to do it uh, i'm excited if you know downloading this book into my brain just helps me um get, get better at it i mean it's gonna take you know practice right like intentional practice but um yeah i think it's it has some great tools for actually you know, figuring out what to build. So, all right, not, not just what to build, uh, how to tell people what you built and how to, um, yeah, how to do the things we're not good at. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tricky too, because like that's, it's sort of, it's sort of opposite skill sets from what we've been honing of 
to, to be good at building stuff, I feel like you have to be really myopically focused on like it's you and the thing, and you're you're building the thing. You're the you're the lone craftsman in in the cave, like working on building the best thing you can. And the the skill set she's talking about in this book is sort of like dissolving your own ego and and not making it about you or your thing, but just putting all your focus and attention on being as curious as possible about someone else and what they need. And the the, the framing I came up for it was like you want to be the the opposite of someone with Asperger's you want to like it's you know never correct people if they get something technically wrong even if they say like the name of your business correctly um you, you just sort of want to be like a, a curious interviewing uh robot that like is is trying to gather as much information as possible whereas you know being very technically correct and being very f- focused on like building a thing as good as possible is a skill set that that requires a, a very different frame of mind you have to you have to be very pedantic and be very like correcting things as soon as they're wrong uh it's something i feel like i'm really bad at right now that uh, in reading deploy empathy i feel good about being bad at it and even if i do a bad job it will help improve my life yeah one thing our book is good at is saying you know yeah if you're bad at this don't worry uh this is hard like um i read or i, was, I watched a video uh by the people who did um Oh, no, I can't remember her name. Kathy Sierra uh, is her name, actually. And so she talked about they wrote Head First Java, I think, is the book. And that's the original book. And um, in technical books, and this is this is a technical book, right, about a, a topic that is, is technical. But she was talking, Kathy was talking about Java, the Java book. It's like you have to remind people that this is hard and like don't don't feel, you know, that you are less than for not having done it yet or not having, you know, you're reading the book to learn it. And it's a hard thing to learn and a hard thing to practice. And so I, I saw that done very well in this book. It's a good general skill for just learning anything to recognize that, you know, the first step to being good at something is being bad at it. <laughs> that's this, this is a slight tangent, but that's something I think about a lot in the context of uh, people say, you know, oh, kids are so much better at acquiring languages. They're, they're so much better at learning new things. And I think actually what they're good at is that they haven't had the experience of being proficient at something yet. So they're not comparing, you know, when they're when they're first learning how to shoot a basketball, they're not comparing their skill with that at their skill of, you know, being an accountant. They're comparing that with like, I just recently learned how to walk and talk, <laughs> and, and like I'm doing a great job. And so because they just because they don't have an expectation of themselves that they're going to be immediately good at something because they've forgotten what it's like to to not be good at it, they'll just keep trying and keep pushing forward. And that that's that's the core skill that you need to to be good at something is just to be able to push through those feelings of discomfort of uh not not being proficient um yeah and yeah this this book does a good job of that yeah and w- when you're a kid like everything is like that like 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 you mentioned like you're not really good at anything yet and so uh yeah you're just not afraid to fail in the same way that adults are before we get into whatever i can scrap together on the interview that we uh got of michelle i would love to go through a, an abbreviated exercise with you uh that's the in the book it's a list of questions you can ask not having read the book uh interviewing someone about a recent purchase they made and they say not to do it with people that you know because it it, it's you're assuming things about them and like you're you're, it's not as pure of a process uh but i'm kind of just curious to see how this goes are you down for that does that i'm down for anything let's do it down for anything all right (laughs) let's Let's do it. Uh, for for anyone listening, this is, uh, I think, in chapter two or three of Michelle's book. It's just a list of questions that I'm just going to go down. 
And the point that she makes about it is like, even if you haven't read anything else in this book, uh, if you just get on the phone with someone, a friend of a friend, and ask them these questions, uh, you'll be able to get interesting information from them. And uh, it's the first step of uh, being good at this process of empathetically listening. And even if you do it badly, uh, it's useful. And so like, that's the starting point, and then you only get better from there. So Chris, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I recognize this may be a little strange, but this will help me with uh, my work and side projects and life in general. Is it okay if I record this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, good. Because <laughs> we've been recording this whole time. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, to start, can you tell me about a product you bought for the first time recently? Hmm. What would you like to hear about? We could talk about my graphics card, but we've already talked about that. <laughs> we talked so much about your graphics card. Um, her, her example in the book is like a, a new bottle of shampoo that she got. That like, mm. so it has to be a new thing. It has to be something that, uh, like, like it can't be you know the box of Wheaties that you've been buying since the eighties. Uh, but if it's if it's a new thing that you bought in a new category, like I think my new laptop would count because. Like I've I've bought laptops forever, but this this is a this is a laptop that I got that's still a new thing. Like I'm I'm not regularly buying laptops with an M1X. Um, is, is there something in that category that comes to mind? Or like I think the graphics card would qualify. That was that was relatively recently. Yeah, I mean that's so as another tangent. Like in in COVID, we haven't done a lot of really new things. Um, like like I haven't bought a ton of. <laughs> new interesting things it's like the same old same old stuff with a a few note you know, notable exceptions yeah um like the graphics card let's talk about the graphics card then. all right let's I'm, I'm excited to see if this line of questioning like will will surface new information from something that we've talked a lot about uh cool can you tell me about this graphics card that you bought recently sure it is an rtx 3090 it is the top of the line uh, graphics card that you can get for in terms of RAM before you start getting into the server graphics cards. And so it is something I could actually fit into a desktop in my house that would allow me to uh, do interesting graphics card things. It sounds like this is a graphic card that you bought that it, it was important for you to have something that you could fit in your house that uh, would also be maximizing RAM. Um, the RAM is important because I uh, wanted to do some image generation things, which require a lot of the RAM. And the fitting in the house is important because I have used graphics cards and servers before, and it's always kind of a pain to remote into them and make sure they're running and, and all of that. So I wanted an actual computer in my house. Hmm. That sounds like it was a pain to have something remote that you had to remote into. And it sounds way more convenient to have something just in your house. Yes. <laughs> Cool. I like your <laughs> tactical silence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going a little off script with uh, other stuff in the book. Uh, all right, question question number three. Uh, where were you when you bought this GTX 3090 graphics card? Uh, in my house. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you mean physically or mentally? Uh, you know, it doesn't specify this question. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm going to deploy some tactical silence and let you fill it in <laughs> with more words. Uh, I, I ordered it online. Um, I always do my uh, shopping for big things online because I can read reviews. I can look at different uh, things. There were really only two choices, though, because um, something that was very frustrating is that they are all, all the graphics cards everywhere are bought up either by people doing AI or people doing crypto mining. And so 
there are very few places you can actually get them anymore. So what I ended up doing is buying from one of the two places that one of the two reputable, reputable places that sells, um, like pre-made whole computers, um, with good warranties and all that kind of stuff. It sounds like it was important for you to buy it from somewhere that had a good warranty. Yeah. Cause it's very expensive. And so I want an actual, you know, I, I don't want, you know, some no name distributor just sending me a computer. I want an actual place I can go to if something breaks. Stepping out for a second, uh, talking at the meta level, I think I'm, I'm struggling with like when to dig in and when to just go to the next question in the list. Uh, cause I'm, I'm getting useful information. Hmm. I think it'd be a lot different if this was your own product because you would know, you would know intuitively like where your blind spots were or what. Yeah, you that's a good point. And now, now, so yeah, I can, I can follow what I'm curious about and, and dig into like, you know, I, I, pr I would probably have a question in the back of my head of like, how do I get more people to buy my graphics card? And so what you just said about having a good warranty, would be really important of like, Oh my gosh, this, this is a sign of you know, warranties are very important and that's not even something I was thinking about. Okay, cool. Uh, question number four, were you with anyone else when you bought it? Uh, my wife was a part of the purchasing decision in that I was about to spend a lot of money. And so I had to, <laughs> uh, you know, pat, get the okay from her. Uh, it, it was business money though. And so, uh, and so there was, there was that, but no, I mean, it was, it was my decision. I, uh, I was alone. <laughs> it sounds like for big decisions, you need to make sure that you and your wife are on the same page. Yep. Cool. All right. Stepping out for a second again. I think, I think that might be interesting of like, Oh, maybe, maybe for my graphics card, I have a page of like, here's how to sell this to your wife. <laughs> your husband's going to have so much more computing power to process pictures of the kids or something. Uh, all right. Going back in. Uh, question number five, how did you make the purchase? Um, how tactically or like what, what, uh, what extra detail do you want about the, about the, how I ordered it on a, on a website. Can you tell me more about the website you ordered it on? I sure. think is the question I should ask. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I went with one of the two websites, which I thought was, uh, you know, coherent and, uh, obviously they care about technology and also their customers. And it was a fairly typical, uh, you know, checkout flow. Uh, it was not buying such an expensive thing. It was not like an obviously, it, it was, it was a custom e-commerce experience. And that I think probably, um, told me that they, you know, cared more than just having some default for it. Like, like if it popped up some gum road form and I was about to spend, you know, as much money mm. as I was about to spend, then I'd probably uh, think twice, but you know, it was a custom tailored uh, e-commerce experience with like the right messaging in the right place that made me feel comfortable actually putting in my credit card. Hmm. What, what do you mean by the right messaging in the right place? Does, does anything stand out to you? Of... Yeah. So they were really good about exactly what I was getting because there's lots of options. And so like exact, like in all places you could see that this was actually the right thing. Um, and then the right, what to expect with shipping, what to, cause you know, they, there were like, they have to get your thing, make sure they have everything in stock, put it together, then ship it. Um, and then also since it's expensive, it's like, they told me like, um, I would have to sign for it and it would come by this courier and, and all that stuff. And so there's just a lot of information of that. I had questions for it. It was, it was obviously I had thought through all the questions that I had. 
it sounds like this website did a good job of showing you exactly what the steps would be so you felt really comfortable making a big purchase yep oh what tactical silence um <laughs> doesn't doesn't play as well on a podcast <laughs> i feel like part of this this would be much cleaner if like uh i'm excited to do this with someone who like doesn't know what this book is and uh staying in character the entire time uh, I, I do right. feel I'll, I'll say another meta thing which is I'm getting a lot of information just answering this uh, for myself too even though it feels sort of silly and, and we're we're kind of doing this sort of in a stilted way like as I'm answering the questions I'm thinking through the other side of it as well and so yeah. for anyone listening who wants to do this even if you're doing this with someone you already know about something you already know about and it's kind of silly you're going to get information anyway like I, I've I've already thought through several things about what I was saying um, yeah. yeah i've been surprised by several things too like I, I thought we had just talked about this graphics card to death but like the fact that the warranty mattered and the fact that you know there, there were subtle things in the website that helped you make the purchase on that specific website um you know if, if i was someone who was listing these graphics cards that would be really important information of like oh man if you know it's it's really important to people that they have really laid out the confidence of exactly how the the shipping's gonna work um yeah how interesting this this line of questioning is living up to its promise of like, even though I don't quite know what I'm doing, I'm still getting information. Uh, all right, we got a, a couple left. Uh, how did you make the break? Question number six. Before you bought it, was there anything about it that was kind of an open question about it to you? Uh, there were lots of things. Um, I I knew that I wanted it, um, but I didn't know if it was worth the price that I was ha- that I had to pay for it. And so a lot of my open questions were, am I actually going to use this enough to justify the price? Um, another one was, uh, I had to, I had to buy it for more than retail because everyone had bought all these graphics cards all over the place. So like, there were a lot of questions like, is there anywhere that I can actually get this for retail or do I have to, you know, um, like some of the ways you can get it for retail are you can write a bot to scrape the, uh, the, like they release, you know, all the things. And if you write a, and all of them are bought like in under a second by bots. And so you can write a bot to buy your own, but like, that's a whole thing. <laughs> um, and so like, do I want to actually spend the extra you know, money to know what I'm getting. And so that I don't have to try to, um, like do all these weird things to get it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, there was a question of, oh, there was the question of, I knew I wanted a lot of Ram, but one of my choices was this one or a card with slightly less Ram that is cheaper, or do I get a computer with like dual graphics cards? Um, and so I had lots of technical questions around, around that. Um, but in the end, I went with the single high RAM graphics card. Uh, cool. I find myself wanting to fill the silence. That's that's really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I uh, I'll have to practice that. Stepping out for a second again, like, I'm just I'm just asking questions, and like you know what I'm doing, and I know what I'm doing, and still useful information is coming out of this. I think I'm. Like, this is what it says is going to happen in the book, but I think I'm, I'm still surprised that this is happening. Uh, man, interesting. Like The thing you said about, like, are you actually going to use it enough to justify the price? That could be a whole line of questioning if I was more interested in that. Like, that's a thing that I could dig into. And, you know, in this book, there's questions I could ask about, like, what, what you know, what were those concerns and what were those feelings like? Uh, in the interest of time, though, I'm going to keep going. Uh, where did you first learn about this product? That's a good question. I don't know if I actually know. Um, I mean, graphics cards as a thing, 
I knew about, obviously, forever. Um, graphics cards as a way to do AI faster have only been in the last, I don't know, three or four years that's been on my radar. Um, and then this product in particular, I probably Googled about, I mean, I know I Googled about what graphics cards are good for AI. And somewhere, I, I mean, I re remember seeing comparison pages about the amount of RAM and what that means for, you know, what you can do with it. Um, and at some point, you know, through all that, recognize that this graphics card was the, the, the biggest RAM one that I could get in a, in a household computer. It sounds like it was important for you to be able to do AI faster. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching you struggle, not saying anything. And, uh, I enjoy it. <laughs> I, I gotta say it's, it's, Yes, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm also uh, I'm struggling because I, I want to make this an interesting podcast. But but during a an actual interview that would totally work. Um, I go back to when I would interview people, and um, I had the same problem that just being quiet for a fraction of a second will get you a whole another uh, stream of sentences. Um, yeah, it's hard they to talk about it in the book to go uh, three beats longer than you would usually go of silence and. Yeah, in an actual interview, I think I would just let you let you stew in that for a second. Yeah. Tell me more about AI. Uh, oh, she has a, a beautiful thing you can say if if like so if you're silent and the other person thinks it's weird and they're like, "Hello, are you still listening?" You can reply back like, "Oh, I was just you know waiting for you to say something else." Or uh, oh, she has a couple of phrases that in the book of, of like things you can say to, to make it less awkward and like still still keep that silence and still keep that pressure. Uh, all right, let's let's go through the rest of these real quick. Uh, what did you do when you first came across this GTX 3090 graphics card? Um, like I do for most things, I did a lot more research. And so I uh, wanted to... Um, it, it's the, there, there are so many graphics cards that can do so many different things that uh, even when I ran across it the first time, I wasn't 100% sure that I actually, you know, wanted it or knew what I was looking at even. So... Um, mostly I just did more research and then eventually I switched from research to, okay, now I want this. Is it worth, uh, like twice MSRP, mm. <laughs> which is what I was finding I needed to pay. Um, and that required a whole lot of, uh, other justification in, in my head, uh, rather than just, you know, which one I, you know, like once I knew what one I wanted, I had to justify the price in my head. Did you talk to anyone else before you made the purchase? Perhaps a podcast co-host? Probably. Did I talk about it before I b bought it? I think I did a lot. Um, and, and my wife. I think those may be the only two people I talked to. Yeah. What were you hoping this would do for you? Um, the primary thing was I wanted, I wanted a graphics card in my house so that I wouldn't have to remote into these ones in the server anymore. Um, so that I could, I, I knew it would change the way that I did a lot of the AI stuff I was doing. Um, and it did. And I just wanted the freedom and flexibility to to do what I wanted to do without having to worry about, you know, if it was costing me dollars per hour. Um, like all my files on the Linux box that's attached to the graphics card is like very freeing. <laughs> like it's really annoying when you have to transfer your files like uh, all over the place. Um, and so, yeah, just more freedom and flexibility with doing the some of the stuff I was already doing, but without having to pay per hour and do a lot of file shuttling. Could you tell me more about 
it being really annoying to transfer your your files all over the place. Yeah, like for uh, so I was using Google, Google Colab before this for some of the things, and as an example, you have to retransfer all your files every time Google Colab starts over, um, and you can do it from Drive. But the one of the main things that I was running into was if you if it's unzipped. So I had like forty thousand images. I think it was some, something like forty thousand. And transferring from Drive to Colab, even though they're probably in the same data center or, you know, they have whatever, just took forever, like an hour to transfer 40,000 files. If, if I zipped it up all as one thing, that would take less time, actually, because it's a single file instead of 40,000 requests. Um, but, like, so every time in the morning, I would start Colab and then wait an hour to transfer these files. Um, and it just made it so I couldn't get anything done, uh, especially because when Colab gets really busy, they will shut off your thing after 30 minutes of inactivity. So if I went to lunch and I came back, I would have to transfer 40,000 files again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's very, very annoying. Um, there are other cloud providers where you don't have to do this, um, but they generally cost more. That sounds very annoying. Yes, <laughs> it made it basically impossible to do anything. What other products besides Google Colab did you try before getting this graphics card? Uh, so I use Paperspace, um, which is pretty good. And I looked at Lambda Labs, but they are a little more enterprise, geared towards enterprise. A, a lot of the um, GPU cloud providers are enterprise driven, or they're like uh, AWS, which is, you can use that, you know, you know, you don't have to be an enterprise to use that, but it's so complicated <laughs> to get things set up that it's just, it's, it's really difficult. And one of the com bits of complication is not like you have to do the, the complicated bit, like maybe once, you know, to get it all set up. But there are horror stories of people who accidentally either provision the wrong card or the, or the right card, but then leave it on at like, you know, $16 an hour. And then they get a bill at the end of the month for, you know, $16 an hour times however many hours there are in a month. Um, and that is kind of easy to do with some of the cloud providers is accidentally leave on a very expensive card for a long time. That sounds like it'd be anxiety-inducing to be playing with that and potentially get a huge bill. Yeah, exactly. And you can... Uh, there have been successful stories of people negotiating AWS down. They're like, you can see that the graphics card utilization was zero for the whole month. Uh, can I please not pay? And so mm. they'll probably do that you know, once for your account, maybe. Um, but yeah, still, anxiety-inducing. How did it go when you first used this graphics card? Uh, it was... Uh, okay, so the very first time was I had annoying because I had to set stuff up, <laughs> even though like the, the computer came mostly set up. Like they actually have a few different levels of setup for you. Um, and I picked one, like the OS was already installed and that all worked great, but I found it really annoying to like install Python the way I wanted it to be installed and everything. After that though, it went great. Um, the card did everything I wanted it to. Um, I was able to, I had to set up like a VNC server and, um, uh, Jupiter lab to do it so that I could do everything from my notebook, but it's actually running on my Linux box. Uh, but after I got all that set up, uh, yeah, I've been really happy. Can you tell me about whether it did what you were hoping it would do? Uh, yep. I mean, I knew the technical specs and so there was not, there was not many surprises there. Like I knew exactly what I was going to be able to push through it. Um, when I got it, uh, the, the thing that it really did that I was a little surprised by, I kind of knew it was going to happen, but it's like, it switched my mindset from a GPU costing money per hour to a GPU that is just sitting there. And if I'm not using it, then it's sort of costing me money because I like paid for it already. Right. Uh, and so other than the, you know, I don't few cents per hour of electricity, um, it doesn't cost me anything to run it. And so I've been running a lot more just 
sort of models for fun that I wouldn't have run otherwise. Um, so that was a something I thought was going to happen, but it still surprised me when it did happen. Would you buy it again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in my in my particular situation, um, I would absolutely buy it again. Uh, and in the future, maybe I will buy more if I if I want a dual graphics card or, or a different graphics card. Right. Thank you for your time today in <laughs> <laughs> answering these questions about a uh, recent purchase you made. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Man. Yeah. How? Okay. That was great. <laughs> like that was so easy for me because I'm just asking you questions. I'm just going down the, down the list, and I can imagine if I was asking you about a, a product or something, or you know, if I'm if I'm talking to one of your customers about their problems in wanting to start a group, like even just going completely on autopilot and and going down the questions, like it's eliciting really useful information and phrases of exactly what the the problems are that you have in, in life. And so the, the, the goal of this line of questions then is that afterwards we can, we can look at the transcript and I should be able to answer the questions about your worldview of what your underlying problem was and where you were currently in that process, what, what the overall thing that you were trying to get done is and like what the pain points are going along that road. Um, and it, that's going to be much easier to do from uh, transcript, but just from memory, like it sounds like the, and I'm cheating a little bit cause we, we've already talked about this, but the, the overall process you were trying to do is to, to be able to uh, do AI machine learning stuff faster. And you were in a place where you were doing it, but there were several frustrations in the way you were doing it of like Google Colab uh, uploading the data and like having the anxiety about not knowing uh, based on where you had it, if you were going to get a huge bill and, uh, a lot of this stuff was new information to me. I was surprised. You you mentioned another uh, thing that wasn't Google Colab that uh, pa we hadn't space. talked about before. Paper space, yeah, yeah. Um, man, yeah, that's oh, I <laughs> I want to do this now for just all the stuff I'm working on. I need to get people on the phone and like ask them about that specific thing. Because man, I like if I was if I was working on anything in the space of graphics cards, I feel like that conversation would have just energized me of like, oh man, of course I can just add to my website like here's what shipping is going to look like. <laughs> that's something people are looking for. And that's not even a thing I was thinking about. Oh man, I'm so excited about this book. This is, uh, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, it was enlightening even just to be answering the questions myself. So definitely uh, listeners, uh, I would recommend uh, doing it even with someone that you already know very well. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I guess we'll leave it there because we have uh, a piecemeal interview with Michelle coming up next of, <laughs> uh the the conversation that was meant to be the entire episode but because of internet difficulties was not uh cool anything else you'd like to say about deploy empathy before we get into our interview uh no you should you should get it uh she just finished the audiobook as well which that this is a whole other thing we can talk about but um she is releasing the audiobook as a private podcast um now that it's done you'll be able to buy it uh whenever it's done i don't know if there's editing or something involved but that was very interesting that it's a private she, she released it as a private podcast a chapter at a time um as a neat way to do it i thought i loved how she did that too yeah it's very that, that feels like an embodiment of this ethos of like just just ship it even if it's incomplete so the instead of her product being like a completed audiobook which you know how many tens of hours does that take she could do something as simple as record a chapter and then release just the chapter um and have that be an actual shippable product and then yeah and you're, you're getting more feedback and things that you think people might care about like uh the audio 
balance here is a little off or, you know, I stumbled over a word. Okay, well, if the feedback you're getting is that no one cares about that, <laughs> knowing Michelle, like, I'm sure she did customer interviews on this, of like, talking to people about uh, how the, the audiobook was. Yeah, I think it was a, a really smart way to do it. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's get into it. Here is our interview with Michelle. Kidding. Hello, it's me editing Christian from the future. The entire interview with Michelle was lost. I am so sad, and so is Michelle, and so is Chris. We will be interviewing her again in the future and get you a proper interview. And until then, enjoy the next week's episode of Makers.dev, where I will be wearing the same shirt I'm wearing right now because we just recorded it. Goodbye.